Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Hey guys, happy Friday. Today we're going to get into a really deep and important topic. The topic of implicit biases. The biases we have that we don't even realize that we have. The importance of them and and how to deal with them. It's a really important topic right now and I hope you guys get a lot out of this conversation. Hey guys, for my first solo episode, I want to get into a pretty deep and important topic, and that is implicit and unconscious bias. And I'll note that I'm recording this on June 14th, 2020, when right now as we speak, there's a number number of protests happening across this country about race relations and discrimination. So this is a really important topic right now. So first, let's talk about what is implicit bias. You can think about it generally as thoughts about people that you didn't know that you had. These are automatic associations and stereotypes about certain groups of people that can influence our behavior, making us respond in biased ways, even though we might not be explicitly prejudiced, right? And this can have a big impact upon how we deal with folks in other races, as well as how males deal with females, or how we deal with maybe somebody in the LGBT community if we happen to be straight, or even how we deal with different religions and ethnicities. And it's important because when we come to a conversation, we bring all of that in our subconscious to that conversation, right? So if we have unconscious biases, we might be responding to, say, somebody who we're interviewing for a job differently than we might somebody who's more like us. Or maybe if somebody reports to us, right, and we're trying to give them feedback, we might give that feedback differently, not on purpose, but because of that unconscious bias. So it becomes a really important component of communication and how we communicate with each other. So let me just share a couple examples to bring this to light. They've done research in basically every space that can be imagined over the last 30 years and have proven without a doubt that we all suffer from these unconscious biases. They looked at physicians and saw that they were more likely to prescribe painkillers to patients who were white versus those who were black or Latino, despite the fact that these physicians claim to not be prejudiced at all in their diagnoses. There was also research done around jail sentences given to individuals, and they found that folks with the most prevalent Afrocentric features received the longest sentences versus those who had less Afrocentric features. And there was even a study done at Stanford University, which I found really compelling, where they flashed faces on the screen, either white or black. Then they showed them an image of an object that was fuzzy and gradually made it less fuzzy, right? And that might have been something threatening like a gun or a knife, or it may have been something non-threatening like a stapler. And what they found was if they showed somebody a black face, they were much more quick to pick out handguns and knives, meaning that we're more likely to associate darker skin tones with violence and danger. And even Dr. Funke Abimbola, who we had on the show just this week, talked about the story of how she had to send out hundreds of resumes and call CEOs directly just to get her first interview because she has an African-sounding name. And this is someone who's been educated at the best universities and should be one of the best looking candidates on paper. So where does implicit bias come from? Well, it comes from lots of places, as you might suspect. 
We're influenced by our experiences and, and attitudes of the people around us. There's also cultural conditioning happening from media portrayals and the upbringing that we've had, right? All that stuff comes into play. But it's also potentially part evolutionary. Our ancestors had to make very quick decisions to survive. And they learned that people and things that were more like them are more safe to be around, causing them to be a bit more concerned and less trusting of things that were different from them. Right? It said that our brains take in about 11 million bits of information per second, but can only process about 40 bits. So we're left to make snapshots of the world and use frameworks to understand what's going on, which never really truly reflects reality. Right? We only understand a tiny bit of what we see around us. And this goes back to Thinking Fast, Not Slow, the book by Daniel Kahneman, where he talks about system one and system two thinking, right? System one is always running. It's your quick judgment. It's your intuition. It's making snap judgments. Your system two is what's more your thinking brain, right? It's what you consider I. It's the one that takes time to try to make the best decision. But the problem is that system one is always running and system two is very lazy, right? It only wakes up when system one tells it that it should. Right, So system one learns that things like us are safer and things not like us are more dangerous. And we tend to run on that in our unconscious without even thinking twice about it. Beyond that, we all have a tendency to stereotype and associate people into specific groups. We almost have to because, again, there's too much information coming at us than we can process. But this leads to some really negative outcomes. We think that one person is bad. And then we associate that whole group of folks as being bad, whether that being a race, a gender, an ethnicity, or a religion. But in truth, that association may have no basis at all in reality. So the question for you is, are you racially biased, at least implicitly? And if so, to what degree? Well, research has shown that most of us are aware of this bias, but we don't think it impacts us all that often. But the truth is that every human being is affected by unconscious bias. It's a core part of who we are. And it's far easier to see biases in others than in ourselves. So something I recommend doing is checking out the implicit association test. These were developed by Harvard and can be found at implicit.harvard.edu. It helps us understand the degree of our inherent implicit biases. And the way that it works is it starts by flashing good words with white faces and bad words with black faces and asks you to identify when you see good words with white faces. Then it flips the game on you. And it asks you to associate good words with black faces. And what they found is that a majority of the population has a hard time associating good words with black faces as quickly as they do with white faces. Even though we're just talking about milliseconds, it speaks to how quickly and naturally we tend to associate good with black and bad with white or vice versa. And while there's some controversy around the test, recently it's been proven to align very well with actual behavior from a broader perspective. So there was some research done where it looked at different regions of the country where implicit bias was higher versus lower. And what they found is that where implicit bias is higher among the general population, there is a higher likelihood that black men will be killed by police, even though it wasn't necessarily police taking the test, right? This stuff really matters and has an impact on how we interact with others in our lives and in our communities. But first, have you guys ever struggled to gain traction driving paid traffic while it seems like your competitors are just having a lot more success? If so, then you're going to love what I put together for you. I mean, how about a free analysis of you versus your top three competitors to gain clarity around what is really working and what isn't and where the opportunities are? Does that sound good? Well, I've partnered with some of the best in the paid traffic business to create inflection marketing. 
I only partner with the best. No one has more experience. These guys have been doing it since 2001, and they've been helping companies win paid traffic across all channels, including Google, Microsoft, and Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Amazon. And here's the best part. For anyone who sets up a consultation appointment, we'll provide you with a free competitive analysis comparing your pay-per-click advertising versus your competitors, looking at things like messaging, keywords, volume, and cost per click. And there's no obligation for this. It'll give you the foundation that you need to succeed, whether you decide to work with us or not. So to learn more about how we can help you take your digital marketing game to the next level and drive a true inflection in your paid traffic, as well as get your complimentary competitive analysis, go to gregjrice.com backslash inflection. That's gregjrice.com backslash inflection to schedule a quick discussion to see if there may be a fit here or not. So with that, let's dive into our interview. And while it's definitely important from a societal perspective, it's also really important from a business perspective. McKinsey did a study that found that the top 25th percentile of companies for gender diversity were 21% more likely to have above average profits. And from a culturally diverse perspective, it's even more important, right? Companies who are more culturally diverse are 33% more likely to have better than average profits. Another survey found that for every 1% rise in a workforce's gender and cultural diversity, there was a corresponding increase of 3 to 9% in sales revenue. That's a huge impact. Companies that are more culturally diverse see 19% more revenues from innovation because they're more innovative and creative. There's more ideas from different places. And it even impacts engagement, right? A study in France found that when cashiers were working for managers who were more unconsciously biased, they underperformed. And when they work for non-unconsciously biased managers, they perform 9% more efficiently and effectively. And remember, these managers aren't openly prejudiced or openly biased. It's just about the unconscious bias and the impact that it has that nobody really realizes. But with all that in mind, what can we do about it? Well, the good news is that research has shown that implicit bias has been proven to be malleable, right? It can be changed and adjusted. Some of the keys are understanding that you have it first, recognizing it, then taking a purposeful action, and finally experiencing interactions that are contrary to your implicit biases. So I'm gonna talk about two buckets to kind of overcome them. The first one is personal, right? From a personal perspective, start tracking it. After you have an interaction, go back to your office and just make a couple notes. Think about if you would have acted and said the same things if you were talking to somebody from a different gender or different ethnicity or a different person. Secondly, be aware of those situations where you're at greatest risk of having implicit bias. And research has shown that these are situations where you have a lot of stress around them. You're short on time. You're at risk. You have to make quick decisions. Basically, situations where the pressure is really on. So as much as you can, think ahead about those situations and how you can mitigate the impact of your implicit bias. Mindfulness can also be huge here. So taking the time to understand what's going on in your own head. And a great way to do this is to simply sit for five minutes and focus on your breath. And you'll see what comes up on your head and you can start to reflect on that. Doing that every day can be a really powerful practice. Actively put yourself in other people's shoes. Understand their situations and think about how you would react if you had their past and their, their background and you were suffering through that same kind of challenge that they are. Wherever you see stereotypes, be really careful because these are really the foundations of a lot of our implicit biases. So we have to be really careful whenever we're circling around a stereotype-related issue. And then one of my favorite ones is purposely connecting with people who are different from you, right? Getting involved in other activities, other ethnic events, 
get it going to places you haven't been before, right? One of my favorite things to do is travel. And it never fails to open my eyes to how much alike we all really are around the world, right? For the most part, we're all just good people trying to take care of our families and, and make the world a little bit better, regardless of our ethnicity or country that we're from or color or race or religion. And when you start to see those things, it really starts to break down that implicit bias because it's hard for you to continue to have that belief once you've seen in person that folks are very similar to you. From a business perspective, there's a number of things we can do as well. Number one, you want to make managers and leaders just aware of the impact of a pl- implicit bias and, and the dangers that it can, it can provide to the organization. You want to ensure that leadership groups are diverse in nature, right? Because that's what's going to bring that creativity. It's going to reduce the overall bias in the organization. And it's going to bring lots of different viewpoints to all your decision making. It's also going to be more reflective of your customer base at the end of the day. When you think about paths to leadership, you want to make sure that everybody has equal access to the on-ramps to those paths. And one thing to be especially careful around is high-profile projects, right? Because these tend to be drivers and and inflection points, if you will, for folks' career and, and getting an opportunity to move up in leadership. And we're all a bit at risk of wanting to share those with folks who are like us because implicitly those are the folks who we trust more. So we have to be really careful about how those are given out and make sure that everybody's having an equal opportunity around them. Mentoring program can be a really important factor here, but they have to be formalized. So if it's informalized, research has shown that white males are more likely to reach out and try to build those mentoring relationships on their own, which would obviously reduce the impact uh, around its ability to reduce implicit bias. So by formalizing it, we're making sure that everybody has an opportunity to take part in the mentoring program. And consider blind hiring. So this is blanking out the names and the addresses and the email addresses on the resumes to take away any indication of potential ethnicity or religion or background until they get in the door from an interview perspective. And once they do that, then they can then you can kind of get to know them as an individual. And then finally, think about diverse hiring panels where where folks of different races, ethnicities, genders, etc., make up a panel where everybody has equal weight in deciding if somebody should be hired or not. It's been proven to really reduce the impact of implicit bias on the hiring process. So let's all do our best to become aware of our own implicit biases and realize that they don't necessarily reflect reality, realize how they're impacting our businesses, but also realize how they're impacting our day-to-day communications with each other. Audre Lorde said, it's not our differences that divide us. It's our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. And we can't do that until we deal with our own implicit biases. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.